And my position is this. A lot of black women, I've talked about this for several years uh, on my podcast. A lot of black women honestly believe that they're owed something by black men simply because these black men were born of a black woman. You know, the way I like to put it is, I'm black, you black, your mama black. And so therefore, black men everywhere owe black women everywhere something. And at the same time, black women as a group have made it very clear in no uncertain terms that A, they don't need no man, and C, excuse me, B, that black men ain't shit. I mean, this has been documented for decades. Black men are discovering that they have their own interests. And while I'm on this point, let me make something clear. Okay. In no way do I begrudge black women, you know, their interests. They have a right to vote and have their own media and have their own advocates and megaphones in the media and in academia and in entertainment. I don't begrudge them that they're American citizens just like me. They have every right to have their own interests represented and, and, and so forth. I got no problem with that. My issue is it's the time is way past due for black men to have our own interests represented. Okay. So the main, the main uh, tactic for a lot of black women is to shame and cajole and demand that black men contend with and deal with black women at a loss. I mean, if you, if you use business operating principles, lots of black women are asking black men to take on junk bonds or take on, you know, or operate at a loss. Okay. Now, this isn't true of every last single black woman, sure. but it is true of the rank and file. Mm -hmm. And this is reflected, you know, in multitudes of ways. You know, one way that is measured is in the all-time, you know, low marital rate. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact. You know, there's more confirmed bachelors in black America than anywhere else in the country. You know, mm -hmm. for, over 40% of black men are single and childless. And you're never going to hear what I refer to as the Oprah Winfrey constituency, you know, black vagina vision. You're never going to black vagina vision media. You're never going to hear them have these kind of conversations mm -hmm. because these are conversations that black women don't want to have that make them look bad. Mm -hmm. So the only place you're going to and they're not going to do this in the mainstream media because they're, they're afraid of being called sexist and racist. So the only place you're going to hear this kind of conversation in any sustained, meaningful way is you know in what's known as the black manosphere black okay. male media but these are these are powerful questions that academics and whatnot don't ask and it's for good reason i just told you why you you run a real strong risk if you're a white academic of being labeled as a sexist and a racist you have a real good chance of being uh fired and being pilloried as the uncle tom if you're a black academic and you and you pursue these questions openly Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the, the the main piece is black women don't want to compete because a lot, not all, not all. I have to make this clear: not all black women sure. are like that, but enough black women are like that. If it don't apply, let it fly, ladies. Most is anything over fifty percent. The movie is about what the movie is about. Shout out to Tim Alexander. Okay. Um, many black women don't want to compete because many black women know that they can't. Okay, they're going to lose. They're going to lose out on the open mating market. I mean, we and you know they read. I mean, black women aren't dumb. You know, they went to school. They learned something in college. I mean, they understand what's going on here. Lots mm -hmm. of black women noted that they had to compete on the metrics that all women are judged on. They're going to lose, and so what they do is they attempt to 
you know, shame and cajole black men from not wanting beauty, from not wanting submissiveness, from not wanting a black woman that's got, you know, a thousand miles of, of a cock run through her, from not wanting to, you know, have, you know, three and four and five kids by as many baby daddies, from not wanting to, you know, be a bitch, from not wanting all these things. They try to shame and cajole you into it on the basis of I'm black, you black, your mama black. Okay, okay. And that's and that did did work at one time. But it's slowly losing its effectiveness, and we're now starting to see empirical evidence of it. Okay, well, if you're well, white, black women will suddenly go from you know, they black women are brilliant code switchers, uh-huh. so they know how to code switch when they want to, and they know how to code switch when they need to. They just don't want to do it for most. And I'm not again. I want to make this clear. I'm not saying this is true for every last single black woman. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this in the rank and file. I'm not saying for every last single black woman. There are notable exceptions, but they're the ones that prove the rule. And the, and the empirical evidence bears it out. The, mm-hmm. st- the, the statistics on marriage and all the rest of it bears it out. A lot of black women know how to act when they get around white guys. <laughs> so, you know, white guys can be former white supremacists. White guys can show up on dates in raggedy jeans and a holy T-shirt. White guys can, can be broke. White guys can be mediocre. White guys can be fill in the blank. But it's okay. They can even be baby daddies because they're white. Tika Sumter, anyone. But when it's a black man, he's got to be, you know, six foot and above. He's got to have a body fat of like barely 000.1%. He's got to have rock hard abs. He's got to have a dick, you know, on par with, you know, Mandingo and Lexington Steel with the, with the, appro- with the qu- prerequisite skills to use it. He's got to have a t- double PhD. He's got to have, you know, making, you know, a quarter of a million dollars or more. I mean, all these arcane type of, you know, requirements. And again, I'm not knocking black women for their desires. They have a right to want whatever they want. But, the, but what they have to understand and what they want to have to get with in the 21st century is that the, sh- the game done changed. Um, a lot of a lot of women say. That. Well, if you want femininity, you got to give me a reason to be feminine, like you black men are not doing anything as a group. To. Get any femininity from me, you know, what I mean, like, what am I being feminine for? Like, you know. We got more education than you brothers. You brothers are don't you brothers don't even stick together. You know, you brothers don't even stand up for your own rights for the most part. Like, why am I being feminine to you for what? My response to that is uh let me give my echo box here. Bullshit. <laughs> First of all, these are just more excuses and psychological psych- psychological games and tricks from certain black women to do that. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Cynthia G. Um now. Okay, so you have to look at this. Say, okay. First of all, you have to ask yourself, are you fucking the collective of black men? Are you building a family with the collective of black men? When you get pregnant, is the collective of black men knocking you up? Of course not. You're dealing with one black man at a time. So the issue here is why can't you find one good black man, make a family with him, and raise up the children, the black people you claim to love? Why can't you do that? See, if you frame the question the way that Cynthia G does, you never have to ask those questions about her personally because the onus is on this big group of black men she doesn't know, will never meet, and she doesn't know what she's talking about because the majority of black men in the middle class ain't never been in jail. You know, we could start with the reality. 
that the, the main reason why black women have so many problems is because they're pursuing a very small group of black men who are great in, in the short term, but suck in the long term. That is to say, they're great as short term sex partners, but barely nothing, anything else beyond that. You don't build societies and communities with this small group of, you know, dashing guys. You just don't. And so uh, what a lot of black women do is the inverse of what black men time from time immemorial have been instructed not to do, which is, you know, you can't make a cad into a dad. You know, black men, men in general, understand that you can't make a hoe into a housewife. And any and woe to any man who does rob Kardashian anyone. Men understand this. But a lot of black women, what they try to do is, is try to flip a cad into a dad and never works. They get burned, and then they want to say that black men in general ain't shit. No, it's the niggas, the, what I like to refer to as the Khan Noonien Singh niggas that you are attracted to. It's a Star Trek reference. Look it up. Um, those are the black men who ain't shit. There's a whole lot of black men out here that are on point. And isn't it interesting that one of the major talking points of black women, has, and this includes Karazin, has been that there's just not enough good black men to go around. But isn't it interesting that Becky and Myling and Marisol can just find these good black men? Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're challenging a lot of the major narratives. You know, just earlier today, I was having a conversation about Ralph Richard Banks, who about roughly six, seven years ago, wrote a book called Marriage is for White People, or Is Marriage for White People? And he originally, I don't know if people know this, he originally set out to interview black men. And he switched to interviewing black women. And the reason why is because black men, according to him, black men just weren't as forthcoming with discussions about marriage and children and why they didn't get married and all the rest of it. Um, whereas uh, black women were much more forthcoming about the details and all the rest of it. Well, my response to that is, you know, where's my echo box set? Box! I call bullshit on that, professor. Because the reason why is because how do you explain the manosphere? The black manosphere right here on YouTube. I mean, you got brothers talking about these issues all the time. And we know from government data, the CDC reports that, you know, over 40% of black men are single and childless. NPR reports that, you know, it's actually more black men than black women who desire marriage or a relationship at the very least. The CDC reports that black dads are the best dads of all in the country. These are all directly challenging the narrative that comes out of Oprah Winfrey Network, Essence, Ebony, Madame Noir, For Harriet, Clutch. We are directly challenging their narrative. And so now we're starting to force a real conversation. There's a lot of people that say, you know, Obsidian, why would you want to force black women to do anything? The answer is I don't, but I see. I would rather we didn't. But I see the reality in the handwriting on the wall. If we don't force black women to do certain things, they just won't do it on their own. We have to force them to have a real conversation and we have to force them to come to the bargaining table. And, and we're doing that in the form of the manosphere. We're doing it at the ballot box. OK, marital rates are going down for everybody across the country. We know that it's below 30 percent. In black America overall, for millennial blacks, it's even lower than that's like around 24%. So, which is roughly half of the Gen Xer black marital rate. So um, things are going down. A big part of that has to do with the manosphere, white and black, the red pill, MGTOW, you name it. 
Um, and it's very important that black men put their financial muscle behind black male media. O'Shea, myself, angry man, th the whole gamut. Very, very important. And the reason why, there are a number of reasons, but the main reason is because you have to understand something. At present, the mainstream or blue chip advertisers don't want to touch us. They consider us radioactive. And as I've talked about with the NPR study that Professor uh, 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 Ivory Tolson out of Howard University boy, bears out, and you can look this up for yourself, you have to take my word for it, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. That poll by National Public Radio showed that more black men than black women actually want to be married, or at least in the relationship. 46% to like barely 25% respectively. So all of this is just a smokescreen and what I refer to as the yeah, black, black female fuckery talking points memo. It's, it's, it's a way for individual black women not to have to deal with their own failures. Okay. So brothers are getting information like never before. Not just on black, where's my echo box? Not just on black, black female, female fuckery, but also <laughs> a whole range of issues. And, and that means that black men are making their own decisions, okay. which may or may not uh, jive with what black women want. And I suspect that we're going to see it increasing and much more vocal and acrimonious divide between the two because now black men have their own megaphones in media to speak to their interests, which are going to increasingly be, you know, separate and apart from many black women. It's not all, but many. Mm -hmm. See, here's the thing. Black women may, may not want to have the conversation with us, but we want the conversation with them. And they can run, but they can't hide. And so they're going to have to confront these major talking points sooner or later. They got to confront it. They can't hide from it. And it used to be a time where, you know, the only time that black men were allowed to participate in the conversation were those black men that were handpicked uh, by Black Vagina Vision Media. Because mm -hmm. they, they controlled the public square. That's no longer true. You know, you, me, Tommy Sotomayor, et cetera, et al., we no longer need their permission or their approval or their imprimatur to do what we need to do. We can make our case directly to the people, and they can make a judgment. And the fact that we're here a year, a year plus after attempts have been made to get us run off the air, and we're bigger and better as a result, only proves that there's a there there on our side of the argument. Mm -hmm. So they're going to engage whether they want to or not. And I told this to Feminista Jones years ago. I said, listen, we can do this one of two ways. We can have the conversation willingly, or we can do this with you kicking and screaming. But either way, we are going to do it. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. 